You're listening to the Teach Better Talk podcast featuring expert educators eager to share progressive tactics to reach more students. Teach Better Talk is created by teachers and fueled by passion. Let's get started. Hey everyone, welcome to episode 23 of Teach Better Talk. I am Ray Hewart, and as always, I'm with the wonderful Jeff Gargas. <laughs> Thank you. Just so, so wonderful. wonderful. Yep. And uh, we really do have so much in store for this episode. I know we say that every time, and I truly mean it. We have an incredible educator that we get to talk to today and learn from. But before we get into that, Jeff, I always like to ask you how you're doing. So how are you? I am absolutely fantastic, Ray. Episode 23. Super excited uh, to talk to another educator. It's been a blast. The first 22 episodes have been amazing. Now we're on episode 23, and we've got the phenomenal Brianna Hodges. And Brie has been spending more than a decade um, in classrooms, boardrooms, schoolhouses, and even state houses, champion for change in education. Um, she's been directly responsible for actualizing one-to-one district-wide K through 12 technology. She's um, really done some really transformative implementation through her coaching that she does. She serves as the coordinator of educational technology and innovation Innovative instruction for, and I want to make sure I say this right. You can correct me if I'm wrong, Brandon. Is it Eanes? Good job. Eanes Innovative School District, which is in Austin, Texas. Um, And she's also a national advisor for future ready instructional coaches, which is really, really cool. So we're going to talk a little bit about that. Um, She's been recognized as as Education Dives K 12 Administrator to Watch in 2018. And she was the Texas Ed Tech of the Year uh, in 2017. So a lot of a lot of awesome stuff that we can talk about, a lot of experience that we are going to try and dive inside your brain and pick out today, uh, Bree. So thank you so much for taking some time and chatting with us. How are you feeling? Wow. I I am honored to be here. Um, thank you guys so much for, for having me on board and um, and just getting to learn from you guys as well. I'm, I'm super excited about this. Uh, you know, love being able to, to talk about the great work that um, educators are doing all across both the state of Texas and in the nation. And so just thrilled to, uh, to kind of learn from you guys as well. Now, I know Jeff gave you a pretty good bio. I mean, like he had a lot of details in there, but when we go down to really what you view yourself as doing, when somebody up on the street says, Hey, what do you do? What is your typical answer? So my favorite thing that I like to say is I get to learn all day long, um, which uh, for some people can kind of be like, oh, re- boo, you know, that doesn't sound very much fun. But I think that one of the, the biggest parts of, of, um, of what I get to do is to recognize that we learn um, at every age and stage that we're at. Uh, it really doesn't matter if you're five years old, if you're 55 years old, or if you're 105 years old. Um, we're, we're natural born learners and we're super curious about the world that's around us. And, um, I think that one of the things that, that I love most about my job is that I get to find ways to tap into that, um, excitement and that energy and that engagement and really kind of keep that curiosity moving forward, um, for both, um, students when they're in the classroom, you know, learning from the amazing teachers that that are working so hard for them every day, um, as well as, uh, you know, working with our, our taller versions, our, our adults, our um, educators and teachers and administrators and um, community members and parents and, and legislators and all of that of just 
what does that look like? Like, why do we want to, um, you know, keep peeling back the layers of, of the world that's all around us? And, and how do we utilize these tools that, um, that we have at our fingertips as well as that we're creating every day in order to, um, to really just better understand the world that we live in? Oh, I love it. And I love that you mentioned that we're natural born. When you when you said natural born learners and we're curious, I just I started thinking about my son. He just turned seven, but he's been in this like what if stage for a long mm-hmm. time of what if I did this or what if this happened? Or, what if this happened? Would that be cool? What would that do? And I just love it. So I see his curiosity. But then I also on the flip side, just like you said, like we we I have the honor, we get to work with teachers all over the country and do some really cool things and you see that same level from teachers, whether it's their first year, second year, or their twenty fifth year on how can I be better? What can I do? What can I change this? What happens if I do this? I just, it's such a cool thing. I'm really glad that you do that. I'm, I'm right there with you. It's a, it's a really, it's a lot of fun to be able to watch that at such different levels of, of age and experience and still see that same curiosity and, <clears throat> and sort of always continuing to, to grow and learn. So really cool. Um, I want to dive in a little bit. So, uh, lots of, lots of different things that you've done, lots of different experiences, bunch of different uh positions that you've you've held and titles and roles um i'm sure there's been a lot of crazy experiences and stuff and really good learning uh lessons that you've learned so i want to dive in that can you take us to a time that you've you've had a failure um and tell us about sort of what happened and how it made you feel and then how you overcame that failure and then what you learned from it Mm -hmm. there are so many to pick from um you know I, i could Oh, I got to kind of pause for a second and think through um, what would be one that that is is appropriate to share. Um, so I taught middle school. So there's lots of choices there as far as like <laughs> what, when things have failed and, and whatnot. Um, so so I can definitely uh, pull from many experiences there. Um, uh, one that jumps to mind was, um, you know, an opportunity where um, I had my students. I taught English. And um, and so we had been working through um you know, how do we utilize ethos, pathos, and logos to, um, to better understand, you know, um, persuasive thought and, and, and um, communicating and things like that. And so my students had created um, commercials, if you will, of, uh, of the information that they had been processing through. And so they had uploaded those um, to YouTube and they were supposed to be sending them um, as a link to to me so then that way we could share them um, and, and kind of you know have a brief little viewing party um, as everybody was you know kind of wrapping up and, and see where these um, these videos were were really tapping into opportunity of, of demonstration of knowledge for my kids and um, don't know if you know this but if uh, if you send a direct link through YouTube um, you it'll take you directly to that link and you don't have to, if you're not searching for it or whatever, it'll open it without an ad. But if you don't send a link um, and you have to go into YouTube and search for it, then typically a, an ad will launch before it plays that, um, before it plays that video. And so, um, you know, I had walked through again, I, I taught middle school and so I uh, taught eighth graders. And, and so we had talked about how, you know, this has to be appropriate, yada, yada, yada. And so, um, so this one kid, who um, let me back up by saying I had an I had 36 kids in this one class. It was a very large class, and um, in this particular class, there were more boys than there were girls. And um, he sent me the the link, and and I said, Oh my gosh, okay, are you sure that this is? And he was like, Yes, 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 I promise, it's fine. And so I, I played it, and. Um, 
what happened was uh, I didn't get the chance to, uh, to, I had it projected before we could actually um, have it going. And while his video was fine, the ad that played ahead of time was a Victoria's Secrets push-up bra commercial. Oh. And might be, you know, there's just that moment in time where you go, I'm getting fired today. Like this is going to be fantastic. <laughs> How am I going to explain this? You know? And, and, um, and so we said, so <laughs> there was a lot of conversation over, um, you know, this unintended opportunity, but at the same time, this, oh my gosh, this is why people are so afraid to utilize technology in their mm -hmm. classroom because something like this is going to happen. And, uh, and, you know, what do we do and how do we get around this? And so, um, you, know, you had to do a lot of like quick thinking to, to not, um, you know, just bury my head in the sand and, and totally freak out over it, not like rip out the cord from the projector as it was, <laughs> uh, you know, as this was unfolding. But um, yeah, that was that was definitely one of those burned in your memory opportunities of um, or just, you know, situations of how uh, how you can have like everything all planned out. And then the one thing that that you don't see coming at all, um, because you're just going off of what the kids have sent over to you. And it's not even something that you can control like you can't you know, you don't get to choose what ad gets played. And, mm -hmm. um, and so, so that was, that's, that's definitely one of the, one of the ones that I can probably uh, <laughs> say I will have always learned from. Um, I, I usually talk about that whenever um, I've been showing how do you get around, uh, you know, like how, what are great ways to, um, to strip out those ads from, um, from, you know, how do we protect ourselves against those whenever I'm working yeah. with teachers? Uh, because that you never know. You never know when that's going to happen. Bree, it's totally happened to the best of us. Okay, <laughs> everybody, everybody either has their own story or a story that their mentor has told them about how that's occurred. <laughs> and then it's ingrained that fear in all teachers. So don't let it stop you for our listeners, but it's absolutely something to be cautious of. Yeah, it's, uh, that's exactly why you learn. You learn the tips and tricks, right? Like the quiet tubes and the pure flicks and all these different things that you can, you know, pure tube that you can add in. So then that way um, you're, you're able to better control those situations for your students for sure. All right. So now let's flip it around. Let's talk about a success that you've had, whether it was big or small, but tell us what happened. Why was it a success for you? And then what did you take away from that? So I think one of the things that um, was really um, exciting for me, so I did one tour of duty with seventh graders. Um, typically I taught eighth graders, but I did one tour of duty with seventh grade. And, and it was a bit of a challenge just because um, it doesn't sound like a lot like seventh to eighth grade, but, but it really is like they change a lot in those and, and in the, in those <laughs> few months between them. But um you know, I wasn't 100% sure how my, um, you know, sense of humor and things like that was, were going to work with, with kids, um, with seventh graders. And typically, um, at least my experience were my, my eighth graders were definitely much more, um, secure in kind of what their personality types were and what their interest points were. Whereas, um, my seventh graders were, were still kind of trying to figure that out. Right. And so, um, one of the things that I wanted to do with them was really give them an opportunity to tap into what um, what their voice and what their opportunity to um, contribute to the world was was like, and um, and so the thing that that I asked them to do was uh, I had them talk about their heartbreak, and so one of the things we were we were looking at. Um, 
you know, we were looking at writing and, and what does that mean? And, and one of the things that happens a lot whenever you start talking with kids about writing is they are usually on one of two camps. They're either really excited about writing or they hate it um, and they don't want to have anything to do with it. And so, um, you know, and, and it typically wraps around the, I don't have anything worthwhile to say. I don't know what to say. And so I asked, um, I asked my kids to, to write this heartbreaks, heartbreak moment. And we were really discussing about, um, you know, these social causes that are all around us and how do we, um, how do we deal with them and, and what are ways that even as um, 12 and 13 year olds, they can impact that. And, uh, and so it was really, um, it was really impressive to me to, to watch them um, own into their own, their own learning. Like they started to look at what things were that were really passionate for them. Um, and th when, they, when they looked into their social situations, it could be um, a heartbreak that they'd either caused for someone else or that had caught had been caused to them, and they had to really kind of deeply analyze that, and um, you know what was a way that they could change that to um, to better the situation for kids um, in the future. And so um, from that, one of the uh, first assignments was that they had to start. Um, they started a blog, and so each child, um, each student, got to um, create a blog, and um, and there were several assignments all around that, and so. One of them, it was really, really exciting. Um, I had it set up to where I received all of the comments, like I received notification of the comments um, before the kids did, just so that way, you know, as a extra precautionary step for um, making sure that that you know the the people that that sometimes <laughs> tend to, you know the the different trolls and whatnot of the internet. Um, we just didn't want to have mm -hmm. any um, of those issues. And so I happened to see this one particular child. Our student was writing about um, bullying and uh, and what she had seen and what she would experienced and um, and what her plans were to help better that society uh, or that social issue. And um, from her blog post, she started to get this series of touch points from Australia. And so um, as, a, as a kid in a teeny tiny little town in Texas, that was super, super exciting for her to see um, and start to get these comments from kids her own age, um, you know, on the other side of the world that were saying, oh my gosh, I've had that same experience. It's mm. so nice to know that, um, that, that people out there are like me and that people out there see these situations. And I've looked for ways that I could make this better at my school. And now I'm seeing how you want to do that. And, um, <clears throat> excuse me, it's given me a great opportunity to, um, you know, to, to be motivated by that and to be inspired by that. And so um, I share that as a success because it was that moment to see these 12 and 13 year olds really truly recognize what their, um, what their lens of learning and what their lens of experience had to offer to the rest of the world. And it was so much more than, um, you know, this, um, than, than a grade on a paper or um, or a placement in, in a class or um, even a you know an achievement on a team. I mean to to really see that they could um, could inspire people just through 
the same learning that everybody else is doing in their classroom. There wasn't anything quote unquote uniquely special about it um, other than they just started to recognize the power of connection and the power of shared learning and shared experience um, when witnessed across the globe. And so um, it, it really kind of lit a fire, not just in my in my students, but also in, um, in our school for our teachers to see like, oh my gosh, how did this happen? And um, you know, how can we do things like that? And, and we want to, you know, provide opportunity for, um, for our kids to have that same experience. Hey guys, while we take a quick break, I want to make sure that you are constantly thinking about how you are growing your network. We have a hashtag mastery chat every Thursday night at eight o'clock Eastern. It's a great way to pop on, answer a few questions and collaborate with teachers around the world. Hope you join us next Thursday. You know, Bree, something I love about your story so far is not only the incredible meaning that you've been able to take from your situations and how reflective you are, but also I am a middle school person at heart wholeheartedly. I'm a sixth grade math teacher um, by day, right? Like that's our <laughs> that's our day job. And I love your reflection on specifically middle school because you're right that, that it's such a it's a special age and there's so much, so much fun to be had. And so when I think about all the things that specifically middle school teachers, but also educators in general are exploring, it's that ability to not only be respect, um, reflective, but try new things because our, our students are hungry for it. And I love that. I think there's so much promise in where education is going because of that. So I wanted to flip that then on you. What are you excited about right now that's going on in education? I think uh, it's kind of a continuation of that of like what um you know we've we've had this boom for the last several years you know over uh, over connected learning um and you know thanks to social media thanks to twitter thanks to um to youtube and and just this opportunity for educators to to reach out truly and um, and connect, you know, uh, give a shout out to to my buddy Jimmy Costas. He has this wonderful, amazing um, phrase that says to uh, to to connect the dots. You've got to collect the dots, and and you know you've got to be able to um, to to collect all of these people into your network and and uh, you know to to um, tap into everybody's wisdom. And so I think because of that, we're really starting to um, see a lot of these walls and a lot of these silos um, completely start to crumble over, um, oh, you know, we can't do that because we're a small school or, oh, we can't do that because we're not, um, we're not big enough um, in, in the, in this quote unquote world, um, whether it's, you know, because awards haven't been seen or, or, um, you know, just recognition amongst people or, um, you know, opportunities. I think it's just so exciting to see, um, people really start to, to have that connected, um, I think we're moving from connected learning into connected change, which is, is super, super exciting to me to be able to, um, to really push, uh, push that, 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 um, push that envelope even more. Um, I think that, you know, we, we had gone from this one situation where it was, it was just, you know, that celebration of who was doing it and then they get all the accolades for it. And then they kind of build, you know, notoriety around their experience to now there truly is that success of, 
of the room to where now, um, you know, you get enough people moving in the same direction and that's, that's momentum and that's change. And that's, that's where things are, are headed. And so um, I, I just, it really kind of geeks me out to understand like how quickly change can occur once you start to have that, that, um, that momentum through that connectivity um, occur. And it's really important that we're continuing to encourage teachers to dabble with that, right? I mean, there's so many teachers that I have in my network that are already seeking change. They're already trying the innovative techniques and they're they're kind of people, and Jeff, you're one of these people as well, who kind of run through the wall and then figure out how you got there <laughs> later, right? That's something very early on in my career getting to know Jeff. He was like, this is just kind of the person I am. And I really love that, you know? So, but on the on the other side of that, how do we encourage our newer teachers to take those risks, our newer teachers to dabble in in these new practices and, and you know, kind of allowing um, what they know is best for kids to, to lead them in that direction. What type of advice can we give to our new teachers? I think, um, I think first and foremost, it's, you know, don't forget that, that you're learning as well as your students. Um, and I think that, um, you know, what I mean by that is um, just like we as adults don't feel like we have our scene completely under control all the time. Like we, we need to know that that's the same thing for our students. And so, um, so often we get trapped into this idea of there has to be only one right way. Um, I think that that's one of the things that's, that's, you know, uniquely ingrained in teachers. We're really good at getting the right answer and, um, and getting that score, that perfect score on the rubric and doing it the quote unquote right way. Um, that, that, that sometimes trips us up and, and keeps us from wanting to do, um, something that might not necessarily be completely quote unquote thought out. Um, and, and, but that oftentimes is where the most, um, the most opportunity for, for learning is, um, you know, one of the things I'm very passionate about is are we in the business of learning in school? Or are we in the business of proving what we're already supposed to quote unquote know? Um, you know, I think so often we walk in and we start doing um, assessments based off of uh, what is, what has been so, what has been taught or quote unquote learned already, as opposed to, um, our kids should be given this chance to truly learn something. And if all we're doing is asking them to very quickly regurgitate information that um, is supposed to be at their fingertips, then that's not actually learning. You know, um, I talk about the idea of, are we after the process of learning? Or are we after the product of learning? And, and typically we end up, you know, if you look at like, science, for example, which is what is typically our most hands-on learning, you know, hands-on content for learning. And, um, and we say that because we get to do these experiments and, and, um, and these lab opportunities, but, you know, are we really after, uh, are we really allowing the opportunity for true experiment and experiential learning happening? Um, you know, oftentimes it's instead it's it's a lab procedure, and we're basically handed a recipe and then asked to duplicate that recipe. And you know, one of the reasons why science is is so 
um, influential in, in, in making those connections and in learning like why labs and hands-on experiments are so important is because of that kind of surprise factor, if you will. Like if you go in there and you experiment and you create this hypothesis, it really is, you know, it's most impactful whenever it is something that you're like, Shazam, that just happened. (laughs) Let's learn about this, you know? But if instead you are just testing out this recipe, like I I don't want to mix up a batch of cookies and then put it in the oven and go, yep, those were chocolate chip cookies. Like that's, I didn't learn anything other than yes, I followed a recipe. Whereas, you know, if, if a kid puts in the, the cookies and Shazam brownies came out, that's not at all what I was expecting. Like that's where, that's where the chance to really like dig in and learn is. And so, um, you know, if, if I'm a brand new teacher, it's that, 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 thing that I would just continue to encourage our teachers, um, you know, regardless of age is to do is just don't forget what learning feels and looks like. Um, don't forget, you know, that excitement that comes from why do I need to know this? Um, that's not, that's not a snarkyism. That's a, um, give me the relevance to it. Explain it to me on why I need to know this and, um, and tell me why it's out there in the real world that I, that I need to. And as soon as you do that, my experience has always been that kids immediately are like, okay, great. That's why I needed, you know, I'm in, but, um, you know, we have to kind of, keep ourselves in check on that. Um, and it's really easy to get overwhelmed and say, all the things are coming at me all at one time. But um, if you really, you know, learning is best done when you have a deep relationship with those kids. And so finding an opportunity to, um, to connect with them, and to remember what it's like to learn, um, and, and to explore and to be curious and to create that, that excited knowledge. Um, one of the things that I, I'm definitely notorious for saying is, hopefully, you are teaching the thing that you are the most passionate about. I, mean, I was a middle school English teacher, I am ridiculously passionate about my, my degree was in English literature. So give me Shakespeare, give me Harper Lee, like, I, I mean, I just, I go completely crazy over it. And my goal was for my kids to feel that passion. And I want them to be excited about what that felt like for, for, you know, I, even if I, even if they absolutely have zero interest in English, I want them to want to learn more about it just because I am that excited about it. No, that's powerful advice. I love that. Um, Sorry, I'm taking a second to digest all that. That was awesome. Uh, so I'm going to put you through a, a test now. So cool. we're going to that was that was great advice, but this is the true this is the true test right here. Ray will tell you that. Uh, it's we're going to do the <laughs> we're going to do the next six questions, but you only have 15 seconds or less to answer each one. Okay. <laughs> are are you ready? Okay, I'm ready. We've never I feel really like I should stretch and like if you need warm up. to take a minute, go ahead. I'll pause say, it. Like, I, need, I need some pregame music. Like where's my, <laughs> where's my playlist? I mean, yeah, <laughs> that's what we need. We I need, need like, uh, music. we need some gonna fly now from Rocky. You gotta have it. You gotta have it as a basketball coach, man. You gotta have like the pregame. You can't just walk out cold and be like, all right, go perform. Let's do this. I think the last several minutes were your pregame. I think you're ready for this. Okay. I, okay. I have faith. I have faith. 
What is one ed tech tool that you cannot live without? Okay, so I'm gonna say my iPad, or I'm gonna say my Apple Pencil. Oh, I agree. I love my Apple Pencil. It's the best. I'm using it right now. Uh, what is it? What's a book that you're reading right now? Rewiring Education by John Couch. And who do we need to follow on Twitter today? Mm, that is such a long list. I'm gonna say, <laughs> um, oh geez, I'm gonna say uh, Carrie Gallagher. And what's the best YouTube channel or website blog for educators? So I don't think you can go wrong with TEDx, um, but mm. I also am a super huge fan of Hello Sunshine, um, and and I, I definitely think it's a it's a great way both on YouTube and on uh, there's podcast, there's YouTube channel, um, and website and Instagram, and it's all across social media. But it's a great way to look at lessons learned and how that impacts into our society. Awesome. What is one daily, weekly, or monthly routine that every teacher should get into? reflection a hundred percent reflection of of what has worked um in your class for your students for each one of your students as well as what has worked for you and what you want to do differently love it and what is the best piece of advice you've ever received mm. money is like closet space you use what you have and you always wish you had more mm. Oh my God, one. that is my that favorite is piece really of advice. <laughs> wow, episode 20. What is this, 23? 23. That was the best advice. So my dad's actually the one who gave that to me, gave it to me when I was 22 years old. I was trying to choose between jobs and um, and he told me that, he told me that, he said, do not ever look at money. And this is hilarious because my dad, my dad passed a few years ago, but my dad was like six, six, looked like the Marlboro man, had a massive handlebar mustache, you know, just quintessential Texas. And so to have him, you know, refer to like money is like closet space. You use what you have and you always wish you had more. I, I'm pretty sure my dad had like five pairs of jeans and, you know, <laughs> six shirts, maybe. <laughs> and so, you know, for, for that to be his, his uh, analogy was, was pretty funny, but it's so true because that's, a, and it, you know, you can sub in pretty much everything. Like time is like closet space, like everything, you know, it's, it's this sure. idea of we use, we, we breathe into the space, like we expand into the space that's there and then we always wish we had more we always wish that that it's never we're never um satiated by it so there you go incredible well i have maybe the second most important question because that advice question was pretty good but i have <laughs> the last one of the night and probably the most important for our listeners we have been able to talk about so many things in this podcast but there's so much more learning to be had so how can our listeners connect with you where can they find your information and how can we keep this conversation going after this episode ends? Well, um, on social media, it's really easy. I'm on the same on across all social media channels, which is at the Hodges edu. And, um, and my website is briannahodges.com. And I would absolutely love to stay connected with, um, with you guys and, and become connected with, um, all of the listeners out there and, and just, that's how we that's how we're going to change this world is we're going to do it together um, little bit by little bit 
I love it. And you guys know you can find all the links and resources and all the different things that we've talked about and mentioned in the episode over at teachbetter.com. As well as those links, we'll make sure to connect you uh, to Bree so you can keep the conversation going. So those will be in the show notes, as always, over at teachbetter.com. So head over there for all that. Be sure you hit subscribe so you don't miss any of the upcoming episodes. And if you can give us a rating and a review, we'd really appreciate that as well. Bree, this has been an awesome episode, um, and not just the amazing advice, just the entire thing. Love it. Um, really, really appreciate you taking some time out of your, your busy, busy schedule and hanging out with us and chatting with us, sharing your story and, and the things that you've learned along your journey. So we really, really appreciate it a whole lot. Thank you. Awesome. I can't say thank you enough to you guys. Um, this has been definitely the highlight of my, of my day. Um, it was a great way to start the week. So thank you so much for that. And um, I just thrilled and honored to um to be a part of this learning journey um with you guys so thanks again awesome with that let's get out there and let's teach better awesome Full and complete credit of the clip from Gonna Fly Now, the theme from Rocky, goes to Bill Conti, the original creator of that music.